everybody, and welcome to uh, Modena Cast, episode number three, uh, coming at you live out of Texas, and uh, we got a bunch of stuff to cover on uh, this episode. A lot of a lot of great things have happened since we put out our first one. We got a lot of correspondence, and uh, I'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, some of you might have got your uh, when you got your yearbook from the NMC. May have got a purple paper. Uh, sounds like this. That's a piece of paper. Uh, and it's the National Modena Club order form. Listen, kids, if you're if you got Modenas and whether you're a uh, whether you're in the U.S. or not, it doesn't matter. Go and join the NMC. This isn't. And by the way, just so everybody knows, this is not an NMC affiliated podcast. This is a Modena podcast. Uh, that happens to support the NMC. So we support the National Modena Club, and, and you should as well. In that uh, there's a, that form, this is uh, obviously the membership application, and you can uh, sign up your, your whole family or just you or whatever, and, and they've got different uh, different categories here. I'm just kind of looking through it. And, and uh, you can order your bands. You know, it's that time to start thinking about ordering your bands. And let me tell you why, because... The club has to predict how many bands it's going to order, and so it needs a good idea on how many you're going to order. So get your uh, get your your. Uh, wait a second, that doesn't have a. Hmm. Okay, so get your uh, your band order in. You can get them in increments of five, and uh, six bucks for postage. And you know what? Here's what you do: just add it all up. Because if you look further down, there is the color standard book. That the NMC put together, and if you have not seen this in person, you kids need to take a look at this. It comes in a hardback uh, or a soft cover version. Uh, hardback is one you leave on the coffee table at the house, you know, and you bring people over, and uh, then the uh, soft cover you take into the loft. And they're just terrific books. You need to you need to pick one up um, and, uh, and and check those out. You know, I could be wrong. Maybe those are both hard. Hardcover. I've got several of them. Where are they at? Here in the office. I'm going to have to look around. Nevertheless, I'll pick one or two of those up. And you know what? If you, uh, I, what I would do is I would buy two or three copies. And uh, here, here's a great idea. Why don't you donate one to your local library? If you live in a small community, you probably still have a library. And uh, put it in the library there. And they'll, they'll let, let kids check it out. They don't. They don't know what a Modena is. They don't know what a Bronze Trigazi is, so let them know. Put it in the library. Give it to a friend. Do something. Get people in the hobby. So take care of that. That is the NMC order form that just came out. Uh, came with the yearbook, I think. Uh, so fill out. You know, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm late, but uh, I'll get it done and get it out. And pick up that book. Listen, since the uh, Modena cast has started, uh, we have got a number of messages from people all kinds of positive messages uh people wanting to be on modena cast uh people showing their support and how great it is and and how much they think it's neat that we're doing it and it's so wonderful to hear uh all these great comments from folks and we appreciate it listen if you want to be a guest on modena cast uh we'd love to have you i don't it doesn't matter what part of the game you're at doesn't you don't have to be a master breeder uh you just got to be a breeder in fact you don't have to be a breeder. Just be a lover of Modena's and uh, drop me a line. You can email me at Daryl, D-A-R-Y-L, 
at Daryl Felsberg. That's F-E-L-S-B-E-R-G dot com. That's my personal email address. Drop me a line and say, hey, man, I want to be on an episode. Or, hey, man, I want to sponsor this podcast because we all know these things aren't free and it costs money to host and costs money to put them together and time. And we love doing it, but we always need help with equipment. If you'd like to sponsor your business or whatever, drop us a line and we'll get you hooked up. Uh, but we had a bunch of messages, um, and I think something we'll start doing here before long is, is reading some of these just for fun. Uh, and maybe we, you know what, let's just do that right now. Uh, I'm going to go into my inbox and uh, see which, uh, i got a couple of them I can read. I know that. Let's see here. Uh, one I knew that came in the other day. I thought it was pretty cool that we were doing this. Let's see here. Um, okay, here's one that, that came in that I thought this was terrific. Uh, and, and I was glad to hear that, uh, that that these folks were listening. But I got a terrific message uh, from Cam Detagonon. Datnagan. Cam, I know I'm butchering it, my friend, uh, but bear with me. Uh, he is the District 10 director for the National Pigeon Association and uh, it just he dropped a line said hey you're this is great what a fun idea I uh, love it and uh, it, it's uh, enjoyable let's see here congrats to you and uh, he says I hope you can do an episode in Amarillo and we will we'll do some live shows uh, live podcasts at some upcoming shows that'll be kind of fun and uh, bring you the action uh, live. Those you couldn't be there, you can hear your friends talk about it. And uh, so uh, Cam is uh, nice enough to uh, drop that line. And Cam, thank you for listening. And and uh, maybe, Cam, you should get some Modinas. I don't know if you guys have them over there in Hawaii, but uh, I'm sure we can arrange to send, them, send some to you. Uh, if not, uh, they're on their way. Uh, somebody will get you a couple pairs. So anyway, uh, a lot of great response, a lot of positive things uh, coming out of uh, – Pigeon By the way, if you're is a Modena breeder, one thing we might want to do is support the NPA. Uh, the as, as our hobby shrinks and gets smaller and smaller, one of the things that uh, we need to do is come together, and the National Pigeon Association does that. Besides, if you are, are not uh, familiar with the the newsletter. They call it a review now. Remember back in the day, these were called newsletters, and they came out quarterly, and there was about 40 or 50 pages uh, just stapled together. And they were terrific, chock full of information. Uh, but they've come so far. Uh, it's it's now a magazine. It really is. A, the National Pigeon Association Quarterly Review has become a magazine. And it is so awesome just to look through and, uh, and see uh, all the great things that are happening. So make sure that you are a member of the National Pigeon Association. Look, there's an ad for the NMC where you can order uh, the standard color book and uh, become a member. You can contact uh, Secretary Treasurer. And uh, but let's go ahead and and move on to the breeder of the episode. Uh, this guy is another fellow Texan who comes down the road of uh, I-35. Uh, from Waco, Texas, and uh, this week's breeder is Les Whitley. Uh, Les has been in the hobby for almost 40 years. You'll hear him tell his story. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it. Let's let him uh, tell you all about it. So tell you what, let's go ahead and get him on the line with 
Les Whitley right now. One. All right, we are uh, back with uh, the Modena cast, and we are live online with Les Whitney. Am I saying that right? Is it Whitney? Whitley. Whitley. There we go. Les Whitley. I knew I had something wrong there. Um, Les, where where am I talking to you from? Where are you at? I'm in Waco, Texas. Okay, you're not too far, you're not too far from me. I'm about uh, I guess I'm about three and a half uh, hours from. That's what an hour and a half south of Dallas. Yeah, uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Why haven't I been to your loft then? I'm sorry. I said, why haven't I been to your loft? I'm not sure why you haven't been to my loft. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> We're not that far away. And I drive. I go through Waco. I need to change that. I need to. Uh, Stop in and see what you've got going on there. So are you originally from the Waco area? I am. I was born and raised around this area, and uh, I've been here all my life pretty much. Nice area. Good people there, too. Uh, I like uh, I like that, that neck of the woods, that's for sure. And uh, tell us a little bit uh, about your family. Tell us a little about you. Well, you know, I would like to say I was born and raised here, uh, 68 years old, um, have one son, um, divorced, and um, have a girlfriend, just um, living life. Enjoying it. There you go. Yeah. All right. And, and what do you do? Uh, you're, you're 68, so it sounds to me like you're pretty youthful. You're not retired, are you? I'm retired from the city of Waco, but I'm not retired. I'm a personal trainer and probably working 50 hours a week. Doing that's that's why I haven't been to your loft. Uh, you're going to try to whip me into shape, so that explains it. Well, good. How long now? Is that a uh, was that a hobby too? How did that start out? How do you take that on as a second career? Well, I started out, um, you know, as as a hobby and working out and that sort of thing. You know, pretty much all my life. But um, a few years back, I got. I got a real bad accident at work and was hurt, uh, run over by an all-terrain forklift, broke my leg, and crushed oh my, my God. foot. And so I was um, I went through several operations, a number of those, and rehab, and that just didn't seem to work. And so I kind of retired from the city, um, got back in the gym again, and just started working and. You know, one thing led to another, and I think, you know, I can make money doing this. So yeah. that's what I did. So, yeah. So you so got hit by a forklift, though. I did, yeah. Wow. That's not just a, oh, no, that's just a break. That's just a break. That's a crushing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to have a foot. I've got a plate and seven screws in it, holding it together. And, but, um being getting active again and working out um, really uh, saved me, and so uh, that, that's kind of how yeah. I got kind of how I got into it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I uh, well, it's a similar story. Well, I was in a, in a head-on collision not too far from where you're at in the hill country there uh, a number of years ago, and I lost seven inches of my left femur, and I had a hip replacement and a knee replacement and the same leg and. Uh, titanium and, and and a number of screws and plates and yeah it's a mm-hmm. it's a tough it's a tough ride there's a lot of respect for for men and women who have to come back from something like that because it's uh it's too easy to pack it up and, and just you know 
say this is it, this is how I'm supposed to live the rest of my life. But uh, kudos for you for doing that. Good for you. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know they they told me I couldn't do it, and uh, I proved them wrong. So there you go. I'm, That's it. I'm happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. And so did that one ask this? Well, how long have you had Movinas? And how did you get your start? Well, actually, I'm 68 years old. Uh, I started in 1965 when I was 15 years old. And I had them uh, for about four years till 1969 until I went in the Marine Corps. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I was out of them until 1987. And then... Oh, yeah. I got back in, in around in 1987, and, uh, you know, um, there was no guy here, uh, T.B. Earls. Um, he helped me uh, get started again. He really didn't have that good of Modena's at the time. Kind of let him run down. He was getting old. But um, uh, I got started again. Yeah. And then, uh, but I'll tell you a funny story uh, when I when I did uh Back when I was 15, well, uh, there's two other two other of my friends. We we found some Modinas, and we we had no idea what we had. You know, we had common pigeons, but we got a hold of some from it was basically a pigeon peddler, and they were culls. And so anyway, they were having a show here, and uh, that's back when it was a Heart of Texas Modina Club, and mm. uh, they. They were having a show, and so we took our birds and we went to the show. And um, of course, um, we got last place and everything. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we had fun. But there was an old guy there, uh, A. L. Draw. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He was from the Houston area. Yeah. Raised a lot. Raised a lot of bronze trigazies and um, some good ones. And he pulled me to the side and said, you know. Uh, can I tell you something? And I said, yeah. And he said, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but your birds are no good. And uh, oh, no. Yeah. he said, uh, i tell you what I'll do. If you'll get rid of those, I'll send you some. And I did. And he sent me two pair of really nice bronze trigazes. And, you know, I worked with them for a long time. And, um, you know, had some other, other birds in there with them. But, uh like I said, I got out and then stayed out to 1987, got back in. TB Earls helped me out uh, getting started again. But uh, the guy that really helped me out was Dennis Wyrick. Um, he got yeah. me started right. Yeah. So um, there you go. Now, so let, let, okay, so you're essential. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I was going to say for about 36 years, you know, I've had Modinas. Long time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a long time. So you're a Central Texas guy. Let me let me let me bounce a couple names off of you and see if you remember these from the late '80s, early early '90s. Um, how about Lloyd Rayford? Lloyd Rayford, yeah. You remember? I remember? I remember Lloyd Houston. Well. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Modena guy. Uh, Robert Johnson out of Corpus Christi. Sure, he's still around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These are guys. When I was a kid, I started in South Texas. And uh, these were some of the guys that I got Modinas from when I was 15 as well. Uh, uh-huh. Kind of the same thing. You know, I, I had some birds that were just, uh, I don't know what they were. They, they were part, you know, something or another. I think they were, <laughs> you know, half half Modina and, and half monkey. I don't know what they yeah. were. And, uh, 
and, and guys uh, like Lloyd Rayford it, it helped me out. And I was really, when I kind of got started in Modena's first time around, I was already probably four feet into French Mondaine. So uh-huh. and those 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 two groups kind of ran together. You had the you know A.B. Melancon, and you had the De La Houston boys, and some of those other Texas guys, and uh, they uh, they took you under your wing. It's, it's neat to hear these stories about mature fanciers, you know, that are that are helping out some of those younger guys. And we need more of that today, especially in our club. Would you agree? Oh, I definitely would. Uh, we, you know, it's a dying hobby, and uh, we definitely need more people uh, involved and. In, Taking people, uh, you know, and, and kind of showing them the way, you know. Yeah, almost a mentorship program. Yeah, you know, something, yeah. something to that effect. So absolutely. Okay, so when you talk about Modinas, uh, do you have any other breeds, or is your loss just strictly Modinas? Yeah, I have. Um, right now, I have some figuritas. Um, just, just playing with them. Nothing serious. Um, they're pretty sure. good. <laughs> they're pretty good yeah. birds, but um, nothing, nothing serious. And I'm really not serious about them. I just thought they were cute, and you know, got some from a friend of mine. So uh, I've go. raised, okay. I, I've raised a number of different breeds along with Modinas. You know, I raised Utility Kings for a long time. Raised Mondanes, Jackson um, mm-hmm. Homers. Um, Oh, you know, a bunch of different rollers, a bunch of different breeds, you know. Sure. But uh, Modinas has been my love, you know. That I've never, um, for the past uh, 32 years, I guess, I, yeah. you know. So. Stayed faithful to it. And, and let me ask you this. You're, uh, you said you have a son you have a, and you have a girlfriend. Are they active yep. with you in the hobby at all? Well, she, was, she went with me to the 5th uh, District show uh, this past year, yeah. Um, my son okay. has never been interested in them. Yeah, it wasn't his thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. it wasn't his thing. Yeah, but um, so we've got uh, some Modinas and some Figueritas hanging around. Out of your Modinas, what what would you say is, or out of all Modinas, what is your favorite color? Oh, I, you know, I would have to have to um, say um, blue gazes or bronze dry gazes. You know, they're probably my favorite and. Um, uh, even uh, I've had many, many colors of Modinas, and uh, I've always went back to those and always kept those. Um, so I would say that was my favorite. Um, you know, they're probably uh, silver um, would be next. Uh, I don't, I don't have any now, but uh, probably mm-hmm. silver. Uh, I like the yellow checks and creams and that sort of thing. You know. Yeah, yeah. That uh, is there a have you, have you ever played with any of their rarer colors? Have you like? I mean, and I think maybe even patterns. What about uh, Argus? Have you ever played much with Argus? I have a long time ago. I bred some Argus um, before they were popular, and uh, you know, I just uh, I, I just couldn't seem to do any any good with them at the time. And uh, you know, they they've come a long ways from what they were. But yeah, I, I played with those. I, I, I played with um, opals. Uh, I've had lavenders, um, uh, grizzles. Um, you know, there's a number of different. You know, I've had um, 
a lot of Duluth colors and browns and things like that, along with, you know, I've had whites, blacks, reds, mags. I've got some mags now, but... Uh, yeah, I like, uh, I like a good blue mag. A good blue mag is just, I think, there's just a terrific looking bird. Not my favorite color. My favorite still this day is an Andalusian. Oh, yeah. Andalusian is a, is a nice color. You know what? So, um, always like that color. Just hard to find. You know, you just, you just don't see them very often anymore. Not very many at all. And Andalusian no. gazes are really rare, seems like. Oh, yeah. I know there's one in the plumber loft, and uh, I've tried to get it a couple times, and unless I can fit it in a, a pocket or under a shirt, it's not going home with me, apparently. Yeah. So, I tried. Now, you, uh, okay, so do you, tell me about your loss. Or let's start with the bird count. How many Modinos do you breed from? You know, I have a great big loft, uh, 45 feet long, Ooh. and... Um, I breed from 10 pair of birds. You have a 45-foot-long loft, and you breed from only 10 pair of birds. Yeah, if I don't wow. feel like they're worth worth uh, my time, I just don't. I'm not. I don't breed birds just to breed them, you know. So sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I plan on adding some more, um, you know, this this coming year, but. You know, I, I cut down um, a few years ago and just kind of kept them that way, and and I've seemed to improve. So I think no, I'm gonna... you you somehow survived because the the rule of thumb is the bigger the loft, the more the birds. It's like inevitable. It's it's kind of like you know, getting a, a if you get a bigger plate, you're going to get more food. It, it right. just seems like that's what happens. But you somehow have uh, got the discipline to say no. Um, and of course, you know, figurines, they don't take up much space at all. No, but, but I, I know why, uh, you know, if you got a 40 foot long loft and let's say you're able to squeeze, you know, a hundred Modinas in, uh, Modinas, they don't, uh, they don't poop in little turds, you know, they, they, it takes a lot of scraping. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I've got a wire floor on this thing and I, you know, I, uh, that, that helps, but, um, you know, all my life I've, I've uh, kind of struggled with loft and didn't have enough room, was always overcrowded. And when I built this one, I said I wasn't going to overcrowd it, and it, it seems to be working. So, yeah, I can, I can yeah. add, more, add more birds, but, you know, I want to have – I want good quality and uh, keep good quality, and I just won't keep them just to be keeping them. So do you breed in an open loft or do you use individuals? Yeah, it's an open loft. It has five compartments. Um, okay, well, and if you've only got, if you're only breeding from 10 pair, it's pretty easy to keep them in that in that size of a loft. I mean, you could separate them easily. So individual breeding compartments are probably not necessary at this point. No, no. no I, I can keep a couple of pair in each section and still have plenty of room, you know. It's almost like yeah. individuals, yeah. Yeah. So 45 feet long, how deep is it, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, it's, it's just eight feet wide. Yeah. Okay. We're 45 feet long. All right. Mm -hmm. okay. Very good. And uh, so now the next question is going to be feeders. Do you, Where do you stand on feeders? Do you use them? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Is it necessary? 
Well, you know, I used to use feeders, and I got away from it. Um, you know, Brad Wilcox, he raises 100-plus birds every year and doesn't use a feeder. And so I kind of followed Brad and decided that I'm going to I'm going to teach these Modinas how to raise their own. And um, so far I've done, you know, done that. And uh, they, it seems to be working. Now, would I like to have some feeders every once in a while to pump some? Yeah. Uh, I kind of miss that. But, um, I, I, yeah. you know, I, I think that um, it all depends on how you raise them. And, you know, they can feed your own if you select for that, you know. Uh, right, right. So what do you think what do you think you've banded so far this year out of those ten pairs? Uh, you know, I had a lot of problems uh, this year yeah. from how I had a snake get in there. I had a lot of uh, infertility in the beginning. Um yeah. you know, just a lot of things like that. But you know, I banded twenty two birds and which is not great. But uh, you know, I come out with a couple of pretty good quality birds and so I'm happy there to you that. Go. yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, if you if you ban twenty two, but you've got four or five really good quality young birds, you're 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 in the game. You're you're well ahead, and, and that's because otherwise, if you're if you're banning a hundred birds because you've got feeders, but you know you still only have four good birds, the old adage of they eat the same amount of feed still holds true. <laughs> yeah, and that's <laughs> that's what I don't want to do. You know. Um, and you know, anytime you band a hundred birds, that's a lot of work. You know, it, it's a lot of work. Yeah, you've got that new girlfriend and and, and some time, and and uh, you got to go work out. You you can't be always uh, you know banding and, and hand feeding a hundred modinas. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, too much. You got to have some time for yourself. Um, yeah. No, I want to I want to keep part. it a hobby. You know, I don't want it to be a job. And I want to be a hobby, and uh, that's what I enjoy. Now, do you have any other hobbies outside of working out in the Modinas? That's it. You know, pretty boring, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's boring, but uh, it sounds like sounds like a pretty good life to me, you know. Just, you were semi-retired, you get a new girlfriend, and, and you get to work out, get paid for it, and then yeah. uh, you go home and to she's... 10, 10 pair of Modinas. And she's really good looking, you know. So that's easy, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's 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 ain't living the bad life at all, is it? No, no, it's not bad at all. No. Now you're you're pretty active with the the National Modena Club. In fact, what uh what office do you hold right now? I d I don't hold any office now. I've been okay. the um director, you know, I've been the fifth district director I okay. think three times, if I can remember right. Um, then I've been, you know, with the Texas Modena Club uh, for a long, long time. You know, I've, I've um, been pretty active, you know, I guess you'd say, in the club. Sure. And, no, absolutely. That's what made me – my apologies. I thought you, you had a, 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 a position now. But it's always good that uh, what I'm hearing is just you're somebody who's been active for a number of years. And I guess the good thing is, is that you've taken all those roles and responsibilities and carried that torch for a number of years. And it's nice to know that, that now that there's even some other people that can kind of help carry it as well so that you, you can enjoy the hobby and not always having to 
work for it and, and you know set up show pens and all that stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty nice. Uh, you know, I was always uh, uh, you know helping with the books, and it's pretty nice when you go to the show now and you don't have to do much of that. So yeah, I'd say uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and I don't mind, and I would do it again. You know, it's just uh, I think it's a time for other people to, you know, to take, uh, like you say, take the torch and run with it. You know? Yeah, give them a give them a hand. Absolutely, you know, it's, and it's good for you to be able to sit back and enjoy the the fruits of your labor with the club. All those years you put into it, and to see that it's still functioning. You now that that's that's partly due to you, and, that, and that's that's neat to see. What do you what do you want to see? Uh, the NMC do uh, for its members or as an organization as a whole, or what are, what are some uh, kind of closing thoughts on the the hobby itself? Well, I, I would I would certainly like to see the NMC grow again um, like it was. I know it may never be the way it was, but at least increase the membership, get some younger people involved, and hopefully – they'll take over and uh, continue it, you know, from years to come, you know. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It, it, and, you know, we've talked about it before. The the Modena hobby within the hobby itself, really uh, our recruiting base should be other breeds. I mean, getting guys – Modena is not the easiest bird to start with, and it's very frustrating. And you hate to have somebody get into the hobby, get involved, and then they have a hard time with it and they give up. But you get that guy that's been breeding, you know, say, fantails for 20 years, and he's looking for something different. And I want something with a bit of a challenge. You know, we're – Modinas are it. That's a great that's a great uh, choice for him if that's what he wanted to do. Oh, absolutely, because, you know, Modinas, there's so many colors that, you know, you can pick from. Uh, that's, that's the problem with Modinas. There's so many colors that you want, you know. And uh, yes, I think that's – that's one of the good things about it is, uh, you know, it's, a, it, it's something there for everybody. You know? Yeah, that's that's a fair statement. There's something in it for everybody. Let me. I'm gonna. I've got a couple questions. I'm gonna ask you. They might be. Uh, they could potentially be polarizing. But so let me ask you this: What is your thought on? You, you might hear somebody mention a toy Modena or a classic Modena as a breed. Do you well, have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I'm probably going to insult somebody, but I'm sorry. I I look at a toy Modena as a a lot of them are culls. You know, they're just not That's there. Sense. They're just not there. I'm sorry. And, no, and uh, I don't think you're going to you're going to offend anybody because I think you're right. I think uh, here's what I here's what I find is that. This this breed is is a difficult breed. It's a hard breed to raise, and what happens is some people love them, they want them, and sometimes the coals are easier to breed. They have smaller oh, frontals, you know, yeah. well, feather in the carriage. So, when I started back in 1965, the Modena was t- totally different from what it is now. Now, it was easier to breed. It was a smaller bird. Uh, just a lot of things different about it now we have improved them so much they are so much better looking bird now than they were back then it's unbelievable unbelievable but 
you know, we've lost some things along the way, and that happens. And that happens in all breeds, uh, no matter what kind of animals you breed, you know. Mm. And you lose some things, you know. And that's uh, – and the toy, Modena, you're going backwards, you know. I'm sorry. You're just going backwards, in my opinion. And, um, you know, I'll I, probably I think you're right. Any, I'll, I'll probably never have any in my loft. No, I don't think so. I, I think if you did, there'd be coals. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you're, you're probably right. I think what it is is that it's it's somebody. It's if I don't if I can't breed Modinas to the standard today, and I have what is quote unquote classic Modinas, that's really in, can almost become a crutch. That's me making an excuse for not breeding to the standard. I I want birds that breed their own, or I want this, or I want that. The reality of it is that you're you're just not willing to breed your Modinas. Yeah, and you know, um, like you say, they're tough. You got some tough competitors out there. You know, uh, we got some tough competitors in this area. You know, there when you take uh, you know the the Max Josies, the Bob Gathrights, uh, up and coming Shane Plummer. You know. Uh-huh. We can just go on on and down the list. You know, there's many, many, many people. Um, it's got really good birds, and uh, you know, it, it's tough. And even though you raise a really good one, it's tough to compete. You know, and yeah, there's you're, a lot of good ones. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that hasn't. Uh, that's you know, the most competitive games draw the most competitive men, and that's where it's at. And that's where also the issue of pricing comes along too and people selling birds and, and that and that inflation of cost that becomes that deterrent. Often that becomes that excuse why people say, I'm gonna breed the quote unquote classic or toy modino or whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. I I kind of see that. So uh, you're uh, you're right about that. Real quick the last question I, I had or, or the last thing I wanted to ask you about is you mentioned earlier you were active with the with the Texas Modena Club. is is the Texas Modena Club still an active organization? Well, it is, but uh, we just don't have that many members, and uh, just haven't been doing much, you know, with it. Uh, we're still, we're still a club, but we're just, you know, there's not much going on as far as um, everything's kind of handled on a national level. You know, right? We've been real lucky with Shane's facility there that uh, he's been, you know, furnishing for us. Now, Again, we need to maybe expand out and get get out there with some other breeds um, to try to uh, pull in some new members. But uh, yeah. well, you know, take a take take a key. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not. I don't say approve it, but you, you take a you take a, uh, a a note from the book of you know Boy Scouts of America and then adding girls into the program, whether you approve it or not, is irrelevant. But they realize that. There was a membership and and an issue with revenue, and it was either you know find a way to make the organization survive by doing this, or you know let it let it uh, dissolve. And you're, you're almost kind of that way with uh, with pigeons. You know, we we have to get together with the fantail guys and the Indian fantail guys and the Chinese owls and work on shows together. These all breed shows. Yeah, you know and that's. I think the the one thing that um, has hurt us in Texas is. The fact that, you know, there was a lot of people that didn't like the state fair show. 
But um, State mm. Fair show was, you know, there was a lot of a lot of a lot of different breeds of pigeons, and uh, you know, you you were getting it out there, you know, and uh, yep. a lot of people come through there wanting to know what those chickens, you know, were. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and we're missing some of those. Let's go back. I mean, I, now that I keep thinking about it, you're. You know, you're a Texas guy that's been in the game for a long time, and, and I go back to uh, some of the shows I used to go to when I was a kid, but you probably remember the, the Conroe Classic and the Montgomery Fairgrounds? You know, that, yeah. was another, that was a great big all-breed show. I used to go to it when I was a kid. Right. And um, well, let me give you another name from Central Texas. Do you remember James Teeter, Jimmy Teeter? I don't remember him. No. Okay, he was south of, just, just south of San Antonio, Floresville. Um, another great, you know, pigeon breeder, and he had tons of different breeds, and he was all in those shows, uh, you know. And then, of course, there was uh, a number of those all breed shows, but they're they're dying out. Are there, Sean? This is the first year that we wouldn't have Shawnee, and I don't know how many years. Right. Well, you know, I, I understand there's some all breeds clubs, you know, popping up, and I think there's one in East Texas now. And I don't recall yeah. the name of it. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that may be a possibility, you know, that down the road we can. We need we need to support them. Yeah. And that's yeah. something that uh, now that you say that, when, when, when we're done with this, this interview, I'm going to reach out. Yeah. That, you know, there's two of them out there in, in East Texas and Southern Louisiana. One of them is uh, kind of chaired by Brad Stuckey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another one. Um, I don't know. I can't remember who runs it, but. It would be a good idea to to be a member of that. Nine times out of ten, it's twenty bucks a year, and, and and go to a show here and there, and pass on a pair of birds to some fifteen year old, you know, Les Whitley or, or, or you know Daryl Felsberg or whatever, and you might you might sucker them in for sixty eight years. You know, you might. You might. You know. That's exactly right. It needs yeah. to be done. So, do you have any? You have any before we uh, end? Do you have any parting thoughts uh, regarding the hobby or anything you'd like to see? No, you know, it's been a good ride, you know, and I uh, hope that I can continue for, you know, many, many years to come. Uh, there's been a lot, there's a lot of good people out there. I've made a lot of friends, um, you know, throughout the United States uh, and the world, for that matter. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, something that I would, I've got gotten to judge you know, from California to North Carolina and all places in between. and You know, something that I wouldn't have gotten to do if I hadn't been in this hobby, you know. Absolutely. You're very good. Let's, uh, okay, so uh, people can find you on Facebook. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you look up for the, uh, if you're a member of the NMC, you probably got a, a breeder's directory or, or probably even the, you're probably an MPA member as well. I'm assuming, right, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So look them up. But you're in Texas. Uh, you know, if uh, I know this goes out all over the world, but uh, we have a tendency to have uh, some pretty hospitable people down this way. So if you guys are down in Waco, uh, anywhere in Central Texas, reach out to uh, Les and go check out that 45 foot loft. And uh, he's probably got enough room that you can stay the night in there if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Hey, thanks for being a guest on the program. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you again. All right, thank you. There he was. That was him, Les Whitley from Waco, Texas. A lot of fun stuff there. Love to hear the stories. 
And what I find really exciting is a lot of the stories are very similar. We all kind of are cut from the same cloth. Uh, maybe you've heard the old adage that uh, we, we, we're all in the same ship, but we didn't come in the same boat, something to that effect. It's great to hear uh, him starting out as a kid and somebody getting him started in Modinas. And we need more of that today. Find a kid. Find somebody. These people are interested in them. They want to have them. They just don't know that they can have them. And it's our responsibility as good stewards and uh, mentors to make sure that we're sharing uh, the hobby with uh, these guys and gals. So, all right, with that in mind, we thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, give us some feedback. We're, we're just starting out. It's brand new. We know that. And there's going to be some hiccups. And we're having some equipment challenges and, uh, and what have you. But we're kind of learning as we go. If you want to be a sponsor, drop us a line. Daryl, D-A-R-Y-L, at DarylFelsberg.com or find us on Facebook and uh, drop us a line. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it be a business or your loft or whatever. Uh, we've got some packages that uh, we can promote your business in and uh, give a little bit of exposure to the Modena world. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, great segments, some other things coming up. We are going to take our show on the road here this coming fall. We've got some fall dates. We're going to be at uh, some pigeon shows live and uh, we'll have folks be able to come in and, uh, and talk with us during the show and, and what's happened. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to really help us kind of bring the hobby together in another fashion. So, as always, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys at the show.